Welcome to episode 66 of Too Old for This Podcast, your safe space for grown-up talk about childish things, and tonight on the first episode of 2021, we have two big movie reviews for you, talking about Soul on Disney Plus from Pixar and Wonder Woman 1984. So let's get at it, let's get to it, on nerd and up nerd, let's go! Execute episode 66. Young Skywalker. And just like that, <laughs> Jedis are dying all over the galaxy right now. <laughs> Listening to our podcast. That disturbance you're feeling in the Force. Power of episode 66. <laughs> I am one with the dark side. How are you doing, my friend? Happy New Year. Uh, happy New Year to you, so, Kev. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Um, how, was your, how was your New Year's? Was it uh, very chill like mine? Or? Uh, my, my New Year's was extremely chill. I, I worked. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yes. Um, uh, so that was extremely chill. Um uh, my holidays were uh, quite a roller coaster. Uh, mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. <laughs> okay. uh, the the day after we recorded our our previous episode uh, with Ben, when we had a great great fantastic time, mm-hmm. uh, we had a, a, a tragic loss in my family. Yeah. Uh, like the following day, so uh, uh, I was immediately like slammed into some very sad stuff. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah, um, uh, but you know the holidays uh, were what they were. You know we're all under lockdown, so we're not um, we're not seeing our entire family the way we normally would. You know, uh, much much smaller celebration, but very nice. Uh, um, yeah, it was it was a good time, um, if a little bittersweet. Uh, and uh, I don't know what can I say. Uh, uh, just the weight of twenty. Like I, I, I feel like we said this in 2018. I feel like we said this in 2012, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like publicly, like as a group on Facebook and stuff. I feel like we all went through this, this, like, oh my god, I can't wait for this year to be over. But like, it's not even funny to me anymore. Like I used to like be, at least ha- be able to make like you know dark humorous jokes about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it just. God, just putting 2020 in the past now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I keep saying, like, I, I want to I skip that there was even a 2020. I just want to erase it yeah. from the history books. Like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't even want to, I don't want them to make movies about 2020. I don't want any, yeah. like, like oh, I do God, not yeah. want to remember 2020. Like, 2020 was a shit show. Uh, I'm done with 2020. I feel I'm, like I'm, we're going to be, like, World War One veterans and World War Two <laughs> veterans who, like, like just won't talk about it, yeah. you know. Like yeah. I like we have PTSD. <laughs> I, I I totally like yeah. think I have PTSD uh, from the, just a lot of stuff that went down in that year. And I'm not the Absolutely. you know I understand the year doesn't mean anything. Like a year doesn't have a personality. It's just a measurement of time. But yeah. fuck, a lot of shit happened in there. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> you're right. Some good and um, some bad. Well, mostly bad. But. uh yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely a year um I want to put uh behind me and I'm I'm glad it's over. Um 
yeah, hopefully 2021 is a little bit better. Uh, I don't foresee it being like much better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, knock on wood for 2021. Yeah. Like I'm not, I, I understand like everything is not going to be magically better because yeah. the, the date changed, and and I understand we have a lot to go through with COVID, and I'm still like, man, the. The COVID, the vaccine rollout being so slow has got me so bummed. Yeah. I like, I you know, I've gone from thinking maybe I'll get vaccinated as early as like March or April to thinking like I'll be lucky if I get vaccinated by September. And fuck, the numbers are going up so fast. I feel like I'll be lucky if I don't get COVID. If you, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say if even though I'm even though I'm pretty damn careful. Yeah, this year like, at all. Uh, it's gonna be so long before mm. we get this. It seems like. God, I hope it ramps up uh, soon. So, um, on uh, on New Year's Day, um, I did a a Zoom call with uh, with my family. So mostly uh, uh, my cousins and and uh, and whatnot. But um, a couple of them are doctors, and they're doctors in the states. And hey. my one cousin, um, she's a pediatrician. She she got vaccinated, and she was saying that. They're predicting that the the whole of just the United States <laughs> to get vaccinated, it's going to take 10 years. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Yeah, That's insane. And I have a feeling the problem that it's happening so slowly in Canada mm-hmm. is because we are in direct competition for every vial of vaccine yeah. with the United States, right? Like the whatever providers they get it from are the same ones we're buying it from. Yeah, and, and, but apparently uh, there's two of them out. Uh, there's a third one on the way, allegedly. But uh, I believe Pfizer is like probably the main one, probably the biggest one right now, is my guess. And uh, yeah, no, it's insane, man. It's insane. Anyway, that's yes. a lot of worrisome stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. But um, you know, here we are. It's uh, it's a beautiful Sunday night. It's like uh, where we are here in Canada. It's like right about one degree uh, mm-hmm. Celsius. That's right above freezing uh, for anybody else who's like in Fahrenheit somewhere. Um, and there's like fresh a fresh layer of snow on the ground from today, and like it's just really clear night, and it's really nice out. Um, and uh, you know, I'm happy that my my family is all here and mm-hmm. uh, safe. For the moment, and <laughs> and uh, and and look, I have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. I have now played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven okay. for a few for a few hours. Yeah, all right. On on my first generation Xbox One console. Right, and how that so go? How that go for you? It, it, it went um, not 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 so bad. Okay. not so bad, Billy. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the game is not the life changing experience that they were promising. Right. Uh, it feels like there's a lot of depth to it, a lot of functionality to it that they promised that isn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a game that is kind of unfinished, honestly. Okay. Uh, and and unbalanced, but it's fun. Um, it's like. Uh, a little bit less polished uh, Grand Theft Auto set in a, like a Blade Runner future, mm. and it's got a lot of hacking and sneaking elements. It, it kind of plays like Arkham City. I feel like okay. uh, you, you kind of have like that Batman detective mode and like hacks mm. and stuff, and you can either shoot your way through a situation or you can plot your way through a situation. 
uh, with hacks and sneaking. Okay. Um, and uh, it's very story driven. It's uh, it's not really as open world as as they led us to believe it was going to be. I feel like it's kind of got a beginning and an ending, and then you're done. You probably just start a new character and start the whole story again. Right. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a huge update coming out for that to fix all the flaws and. I would sure. Assu- I would assume like <laughs> they must be working on that update, right? Sure. No, there there already was one major update. Like okay. I, what by the time I bought it, I you know I got it just before Christmas, mm. well, before Christmas, and uh, and there was already a 15 gig patch. Oh wow! And so I I assume a lot of the problems that people were talking about originally were were patched in that first patch. Okay. And and I'm not gonna I, again. I'm not saying it's a great game. It's not, I'm not saying it's a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, but it's playable. It's like all of the reviewers that said it's unplayable on last gen consoles it's that's not true i don't i haven't haven't played it on ps4 but again i have a first generation xbox one and well i'm sure that was said before the update right so yep and i have i have had maybe three crashes Mm. um but the crashes were totally no big deal uh you just reload your last previous autosave and usually have one that's like 30 seconds before you crashed and uh, I didn't find loading time to be that onerous, um, okay. so it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to stick with it, and uh, I think it's going to improve over time. It's going to get balanced. Right now, it's crazy with with just like weapons and armor. They have a whole weapon and armor crafting system that you don't really need at all because you were just constantly finding stuff. There's just so much gear just given to you constantly. Um, so you're constantly getting new guns, and you're, you know, trying different guns out, and um, it's very violent, and it's adult, and uh, it's very there's a lot of sexual content, and uh, a lot of blood and gore, and it's all, you know, cyberpunky, and it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it feels like it's set in that world like uh, Alita Battle Angel. Okay. Uh, and uh, if you played the original role playing game, uh, which I actually did, I didn't play it as much as that Star Wars role playing game that I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. But and I actually have an idea I wanted to run by you. Okay. Related to that, but um, uh, if you you know if you are a fan of that role playing game, then then you should play this just for the awesome like it's an awesome um, adaptation of that original role playing game. But that original role playing game was like thirty years ago, so for that reason. The game almost feels retro at the same time as it feels science fictiony because there's all these like throwbacks to like just stuff that was cool back when the role playing game was made. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's fun if you're into the genre, it's or not. It's a it's a fun game and uh, uh, yeah, it's totally playable on the Xbox One. I don't know what the PS4. Anyway, all right, fair enough. Huh? I just wanted to fill people mm-hmm. in on that. Yeah, because controversy. Mm-hmm. I know people people think the game. People thought the game was just taken off the shelves and because just, you know because it was broken or whatever. Yeah, yeah. people don't play pay that close attention to the news mm-hmm. um, for that kind of thing. Like um, people aren't nerds like I am. So <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> That's how she goes. So oh, um, God! we're gonna review two movies tonight. We didn't say which yeah. one we were gonna do first or second. Uh, I don't know. Do you, you know what? DJ's choice. Uh, yeah, I, I would say let's review uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four first. Okay. Let's, and then let's get let's, into the tea. Let's spill that tea yeah, right let, away. Let's talk That's about Soul uh, after that. Um, 
Okay. <laughs> you're right. It, you're right. It might be nice. It might be nice to like talk about something like more calm and relaxing. Yes. No, <laughs> I, I agree. Wonder so, Woman 1984. Yeah. I wish we had the Wonder Woman theme. Uh, I could. I can see if I can. I felt like the Wonder Woman theme was totally <laughs> like okay. It's a perfect example for the whole movie, actually. Yeah. Well, it's um, funny. I saw someone compare Wonder Woman 1984 to uh, Supergirl 1984, <laughs> basically saying like they're kind of in the same kind of like like class. Uh, yeah, like rating. I would, you know what I mean? Like, I would say they do. They do belong in a similar class. Um, fuck, fuck, was this a bad movie? Fuck, it was bad. <laughs> fuck, fuck, it was bad. Yeah, um, and and I totally called it because uh, you asked me after I watched it. Yeah, uh, if I liked it, and I basically said it was. It, it wasn't complete crap, but it was pretty meh. And uh, you asked me, you're like, and I said, I think you're going to hate it. <laughs> and I, 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 I think I hit the nail right in the coffin. So I remember I remember I asked you, OK, here's what matters. Yeah. Did you like it better than the first one? And you said, no, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, OK, Listen. OK, I'm going to hate it. Wonder Woman, Wonder now, that would be more appropriate. <laughs> All the world is waiting for you And the power you possess In your satin tights Fighting for your rights And the old red, white, and blue Wonder Woman What was the runtime on? On the movie? Uh, I want to say like two hours and twenty minutes I want to say eight weeks and three days. <laughs> no, two hours and 31 minutes. Two hours, 31 minutes. No. I would rather sit through five episodes of that TV series that you played the theme song for <laughs> than ever watch this piece of shit again. <laughs> and oh, I can't shit. believe I can't believe I'm doing this. You know I'm the biggest DC mark, right? Yeah. You know how badly I wanted this to succeed. I was, I was sure it was going to. I was... I was caught. There was no doubt in we, my mind. You know what? We, that I was we, gonna love this movie. We we all had that in our head. In all fairness, it wasn't just you. I I thought How did I was this gonna. Happen? How are we so fooled? Because now that since this has happened, now that I've learned the situation about how this movie was made yeah. how were we not aware of all this before how how did i not know was i so blind am i so blind by my love of dc yeah that i didn't see this piece of shit coming a mile away because i think i should have now <laughs> like how many years has it been since the first wonder woman like like uh, eight years, years? Since the first come one, on, no, no, it's it been like on... nine or ten or eleven years since the first Wonder Woman. I feel like no, it was twenty seventeen that movie came out, dude. Okay, so they've had that long. Like this movie was finished yeah, like six months after the first Wonder Woman, right? Like, I feel it, like yeah. it's been it's been in the can for like a long time now. No, it hasn't been made. It wasn't made then, was it? Over a year. It's it's it was postponed over a year. No, it was postponed uh, over a year, but they didn't start it right away. It was very soon. Yeah. It was a very quick timeline. But, I mean, I did not know that Patty Jenkins had no part in writing the first Wonder Woman. I did not know that Patty Jenkins had used 
Zack Snyder's stunt and VFX people. So the fight scenes, the important, like the scenes where Wonder Woman was awesome and exciting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit, this is cool. It was fucking Zack Snyder's people who made those parts. And, and I didn't know that she had gotten rid of them for this movie and had brought in like people she knew. And, and I, if I had known all that, maybe I would have expected, um, this disaster this i can't kev like i can't i can't even start with it it's exhausting to try to to try to list everything that's just awful about it Uh, and especially it's it's especially bad because the first 15 minutes of it are pretty good they're pretty fun yeah the first 15 minutes was and they make you think they make you think you're on track but it was pointless. It had no then, impact on the plot whatsoever. Because what I thought there was going to be... Plot? Well, there was a, a kind of a plot there. Um, it didn't involve Wonder Woman, unfortunately, but there was <laughs> somewhat of a plot there. But um, it would have made sense if everything that happened in the beginning and the lesson that she learned if it impacted the story, I thought that was going to be like a foreshadow. Like, like this is what's, this is, this is what Wonder Woman has learned and this is how it's going to pay off. And it had nothing. No, they, they to tried do. to tie it in. They tried to tie the it day, in. Like the I didn't, the I didn't final speech it. was all about the truth being all that matters. And the lesson in the opening scene was winning doesn't matter. Just the truth matters. That's why you can't take the shortcut and cheat to win. <laughs> okay. So that, that's how it tied together. But the, the ending was just so fucking bad and long and long and long um, that, that you just, you're so exhausted mentally. By the time you get there, you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> really like you're you, it just beats you to death with stupidity it just beats on you and beats on you and beats on you with stupid shit after stupid shit and you're just like okay like i get it I, i'm not supposed to take anything seriously in a comic book movie and that's how obviously how patty jenkins feels because because i mean am i wrong kev or was this was this so bad that it was actually and I, this is like the nerdiest thing you could say mm. but i fucking sincerely mean this it was like disrespectful to to the, to the genre. It was to like the genre or to the character to the, genre, to, to the audience. It was okay. like it was it was saying like you're dumb and 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 you don't care. You just want to see bright and shiny colors. And <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So speaking of bright and shiny colors, this takes place yeah. in 1984. It's in the title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. I feel like the only part that even felt remotely like 1984. It didn't need to be in the 80s, right? No, it didn't. And the only part that remotely felt like the 80s was the part in the mall. I feel like they called this. <laughs> this they called the this wrong. They called it the wrong year. No, they just. Why did they even have to call it 1984? Like there was just no, so they could have the closet montage. Just so, just so they can show you Chris Pine in, dressed in twelve different goofy eighties outfits. I feel like it was because they were trying to play homage to Fast Times Richmond High by having that scene in the mall. That's that's pretty much the only reason why they called it uh, nineteen eighty four. Didn't that come out in nineteen eighty four? If I remember correctly, and that took uh, place I'm in not the mall. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's that's Could've. my that's my guess. <laughs> um. 
Okay. Let's uh, let's make a little list. Um, right. So, so it came out in nineteen eighty two. Sorry, I was off by what, two years. What does everybody say that it that this movie reminds them of? What did it remind me of? It reminded me, of course, of Richard Donner Superman. Okay. Nineteen seventies. Okay. What else does it? What else does it remind us of? That theme song you just played, nineteen mm. seventies. <laughs> um, it's it, it the oil crisis theme with the Middle East and the oil, nineteen mm. seventies. Uh, the only thing that it needed to be in the eighties for was that clothing montage, and the mall. Because everyone's dressed in like, sure, but I mean, in the office scenes, they were all dressed in eighties clothes too. So yeah, there were there were eighties there were eighties costumes in the whole. Feel like the eighties in in when she was at work. (laughs) I didn't feel it when she was at work. No, when she was at work, it felt like modern day. There was no cell phones. Maxwell Lord's (laughs) Maxwell Lord's office. Yeah. Then then everybody looked eighties in that office. I thought. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, it really, it really had no, no, like, uh, yeah, there was no, no reason for like, it to take okay, place. After, after the, after the introduction, there's a hundred minutes with no Wonder Woman. Yeah. It's Diana yeah. and Steve Trevor and, and Maxwell Lord and Cheetah and Maxwell Lord's son and fucking... Are we gonna go through this scene? Like, some 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 rapist who follows Cheetah around while she's at work for some reason. <laughs> are we um, are we gonna break it down? Are we gonna break it down? You want to go through the plot of the whole thing? Uh, it's up uh, to you. I, 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 I'm exhausted just thinking about it. But you sure? Okay. Um, <laughs> so we meet Diana in 1984, and she is a lonely loser who can't get over this one dude who she knew for a couple of months, yeah. like 80, 80, fuck, no, 60 years ago. Yeah. Um, so this, this feminist icon character who is supposed to be this super strong woman is totally living her life in complete sadness for like over half a century because one man broke her heart and and she just can't move on from that and and she just fucking sits there and mopes and then she solves heists at the mall right <laughs> um like does this even make sense to you like think about the introductory scene think about the young wonder woman character young yeah. diana yeah do you picture that little girl who is constantly getting in trouble because she's just fighting so hard to break through the norms and to get ahead and and to she can't wait her turn and she can't be held back. Yeah. Do you picture that person growing up to be this person in any way, shape, or form? And no, and that's my whole point of why the first scene was pretty much useless. I feel like Wonder Woman is actually like the cousin it was of that probably, little girl they keep showing. It was probably the best scene in the movie, but it was it deemed was. Ruthless, uh, useless. And I did hear that apparently Warner Brothers wanted her to cut one of the opening scenes. Yeah. So they either wanted to cut that opening scene that takes place in fucking Wonder Woman land, whatever it's called. I don't know. You probably know the name of the island. Themyscira. There you go. Thank you. Uh, or the scene in the mall 
where she fucking <laughs> captures those two, three right. criminals, whatever. So they so apparently skipped, they I wanted. Skipped, them. I skipped over that. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you did, but it's all good. So they wanted them it's, to it's, cut it's, one of those opening scenes, and Patty yeah. Jenkins refused to cut. And the I guess best she two scenes has, in the movie. Are She's they right. though? Are they yeah, though? The movie, the movie was all downhill. It's two from intros. That. It's two intros to a, to a movie. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it was all bad from after that. <laughs> like it was still fun through the first two intros, yeah. and then fucking jam the brakes on the pace immediately, <laughs> and then just go nowhere for a hundred fucking minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Um, I fucking hate this movie. Um. <laughs> So yeah, it starts with the Themyscira Olympics, a flashback to Wonder Woman's childhood, and she's competing against all the adult warrior women in these games, these Olympic-style games, and um, she uh, has an accident, gets knocked off her horse halfway through, even though she's winning, and then she finds a shortcut to get back to her horse, who's still running and still winning uh, somehow, <laughs> um, and jump back on top of her horse, and then go on to almost win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Wright stops her, knocks her off her horse. I think. Um, no, yanks no, no. Her she jumped anyway. off the horse and she was running to uh, throw the spear, but right. she stopped her just before she threw the spear, right. and she was like, "I was and, gonna win." Yeah, and Robin Wright's like, "Fuck that! You cheated, yeah. and that's wrong, and it's wrong to take shortcuts in life, and all that matters is the truth." And that she goes on for like 10 more minutes, but just repeating the same thing like over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then Diana's mother comes down and gives her exactly the same speech and then repeats that line from the first movie. Uh, the world is not going to be ready for all you're going to do for them. Um, which is weird because I don't understand her origin anymore. Like, like their plan was never to send her to the world of man to be a hero there. Like she chose that in the Mm -hmm. first movie against their will. So when they say that line to her, the world is not ready for all you're going to do. That's weird to me. Like, like how does that make sense in her character uh, origin? I don't know. But, um, I mean, that is like a tiny nitpick in a fucking mountain of really bad, um, like, like clearly really bad choices in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, we go from there to, yeah, uh, this scene in the mall. Uh, and it's the most fun scene in the movie, but it's 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 kind of funny. It's played kind of slapstick. Um, and it's uh, Wonder Woman stopping uh, a heist and uh, rescuing a li- some children hostages. And um, it's, it's fun. And she's, like, smiling and having fun with the people. And they're just, you know... They love her because she's saving them. And uh, it, it kind of reminds you of Richard Donner's Superman, that happy vibe and that slapstick feel and the fact that Patty Jenkins shot on film. So it looks like like a film like that. It looks like those old movies mm. um, visually on the screen. It, it really feels like familiar that way. Um, and she does a good job in these first two scenes. Like I was going to say, like, but like by the end of the second introduction, I'm still like having fun and I'm still like, okay, we're on track for good stuff to happen next. And then, um, (laughs) then we we get introduced to Kristen Wiig's character character. who is just, She's like a million other characters yeah. from other movies. <laughs> She's the she works at the museum with Diana. She's we've unnoticed. already established 
we've already established that Diana is a lonely loser, but uh, to Kristen Wiig now, she's this super popular, super awesome woman. And, and for stupid reasons, like her dialogue is so corny. She's impressed by her because she can walk in heels and she can't walk in heels. And like just stuff that's like cringy. And like, I don't know. I, I, I would love to have strong female characters, but I don't think they're in this movie. Yeah. Um, See, the whole thing with uh, with Kristen Wiig's character is they totally pulled the um, she's all that whatever thing with yeah. her where it's supposed to be like, I guess she's supposed to be like the ugly, unpopular girl. And then, of course, when she grants, when she does her wish, she becomes the popular, pretty girl. But she looks right. exactly the same as she did in the scene right. prior. Like She just took off her glasses and yeah. let her hair down. <laughs> She didn't even do that because she had her hair down in privacy, did she not? I, I think she had it <laughs> tied back. I feel like they didn't. I feel like I she, she looked I thought, thought she same. had a new, like, glamorous hairdo in the... I don't know. Uh, but she had kind of an evolution in her look throughout the movie. So um, she, uh, we find out, is a gemologist. So she's studying um, all the rocks in the museum. And she has a magic rock. And... Mm. Um, Legend has it that this rock grants wishes, and and they they like kind of joke and giggle about it. But um, Diana's holding the magic rock, and the magic rock, by the way, looks suspiciously like a Kryptonian crystal. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that because it does look like um, his um, secret fortress, <laughs> right? In a way, it looks like it looks like Kryptonian technology. Yeah. It looks like a Kryptonian crystal. Um, from the Fortress of Solitude or from Krypton, uh, from like many different iterations of Superman, from mm. from you know the original, from the not original, the Richard the Richard Donner version to Superman Returns, they mm. copied it. Um, but it also reminded me a lot of Superman Four when Richard Pryor makes the fake Kryptonite, the yeah. synthetic Kryptonite. Okay, and he and he gives it to Superman as an award in a ceremony. He pretends to be a general. It's a really funny scene. Um, I don't remember that at all. Richard Richard Pryor like ad libs the whole scene, but the fake kryptonite that he makes is like green and translucent, and it kind of it's kind of spiky, and it kind of looks a lot like this rock. And I feel like this is my um, I'm oh, I'm going to hold off my on my what I what I think the where this is going uh, a lot so where some things are going, but. Mm. Uh, oh, the magic rock. Anyway, um, haha. Grant's wishes. Haha. Yeah, that's funny. We wish it did. And then Diana holding it says, "You know, I know what I'd wish for," and she's thinking about Steve Trevor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then we, you know, pretty soon find out that the magic rock does grant wishes because Steve Trevor comes back to life in the weirdest way, in the dumb, in the dumbest way. Mm-hmm. Like just a stupid way. Like why? Well, it's funny why? because uh, in that everybody's s- saying this, and I agree. Why? Yeah, in that scene when uh, when she does the wish, and of course her hair blows. <laughs> yeah, it's like and... I dream of genie fucking shit, right? <laughs> like I literally... her hair blows to show that the magic happened. Yeah, like fuck. I literally sat there and I was just like, "This is not how they're bringing him back, is it?" <laughs> yep. <laughs> She makes this a wish a, on a magic fucking rock, yeah. right? And then 
they they've already shown that men in this world for some reason are all really lecherous rapists like every time a woman walks by and any man he seems to like leer at her and say hey baby where are you going mm. like well, what's your hurry um <laughs> and so diana is like at a party and a dude walks up to her and tries to talk to her and she's trying to brush him off and he's following her and trying to talk to her and she's acting all like offended like you're a fucking creep for like trying to talk to me at a party <laughs> and um then he says the line what's the line i wish we had more time yeah or so whatever or he says something that he said to her in the first film i don't yeah know. he I starts know saying steve trevor dialogue and then all of a sudden she realizes he's Steve Trevor, even though he's not Steve Trevor. He's Steve Trevor's psyche came back and took over the mind of an existing guy. Yeah. But we never learn who the guy was or anything about him. He's only credited as handsome man. And yes, if you've heard other people say this, it's true. If you did the reverse in a Superman movie and you had a character only credited as attractive female and then you had superman have sex with that character you would be so upset that it was sexist Mm. not you kevin not you kevin the world like it's awful that they did this it's it's dumb because as we see later the the magic wishing rock can do anything it can just bring steve trevor back to life out of thin air if it wants to Mm -hmm. but but they do this weird thing with this taking over this guy's body and later she sleeps with this guy. Yeah. They never say. They never say. Oh, I wonder if his family's looking for him or anything like that. I wonder like, if this guy has AIDS. <laughs> right. Good. There you go. There's something to think about. <laughs> um, it's like, it, and it's like, okay, don't think about it too hard. It's just a comic book movie. No, that's insulting. Like if it's, it's if it's just stupid. Like, it's insulting to the audience. Like, what what are you talking about? Like, I don't know. Um, Anyway, um, she realizes it's Steve Trevor, and suddenly the the guy's face changes into Chris Pine's face. Yeah. So what they're they're telling us is he only looks like Chris Pine to her and the audience. Yeah. But the the rest of the world sees the other dude's face. Yeah. So we're kind of living in her delusion. By seeing Chris Pine's face, yeah. and it's kind of weird. Like I can't, I never stopped thinking about it the whole movie. Like that's not really him. That's just we think it looks like him, but it really looks like somebody else it's, to everyone else. Exactly. It's weird. It's confusing. It is Look, what weird. You... <laughs> I agree, one hundred percent. Anyway, one hundred ten percent. I agree. With she that. she's like, oh my god, my wish came true, and she immediately starts banging the fucking guy. But there was just and that one line where is this she, is this the feminist icon character yeah. that I'm watching? What when he's looking in the mirror, but he's seeing the other guy, and then she's like, yep. "Well, I only see you," and they start making out, and I'm like, "Really." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like if it was uh, a girl in that body, you would say she was raped because yeah. she didn't have any control over what they did to her body. Like right. it's it's fucking weird. Like it why did you you could have just made Steve Trevor appear out of fucking thin air. They you could have done that. They could have. And, and solved all this confusion. Like saved yourselves all this confusion. Yeah. Why? I don't know. 
Um, Maybe if they connected it with his bloodline or something, <laughs> at least. If they if they had you know tried I mean? to like, do something, yeah. Sure. But yeah, no, that was just yeah. <sighs> it was weird. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, um, like this leads Wonder Woman to understand that the rock is real and she's got to go find it. Yeah. But before she goes to find it, um, Pedro Pascal has already stole it. Uh, but also, b- before that, um, uh, yeah, Cheetah, uh, whatever her character's name is, um, makes a wish that she Barbara wants to be... Minerva? Barbara, yeah, Minerva. Yeah, she wants to be She wants to be cool and popular like Diana. Yeah, Or she wants Beautiful. to be her, essentially. Which also grants her superpowers. <laughs> right. She says you want to be just like Diana, right? Yeah. Which which means that yeah you got to have superpowers now because that's what that's what Diana's like. Even so though she did, had no idea that she did, but yeah. <laughs> but that's how arch nemesis are are made apparently. So the magic wishing rock knew. So it was mm-hmm. like okay, here you go. Here's your superpowers that you didn't know you were asking for. Yeah. And and whatever. Um, then she she fucking whips off her glasses. She lets her hair down. She shows up at work in heels. She's cool and cool. Um, and uh, she sees Diana in her leopard print heels, and she's like, "Oh, I like those." Meow, row. And that's why she turns into a cheetah, I think, because she likes leopard print. I don't know, mm. but um, that's later on. Anyway, she hasn't turned into a cheetah yet. She just gets like all strong and sexy and popular at work, and then all the dudes start hitting on her more, but then she can beat them up when they hit on her now. Um, so feminism, I guess, <laughs> I guess that uh, is that what feminism is. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not educated on the subject. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm even looking at pictures from, from the movie. She didn't, she always had her hair down, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's like they I'm didn't. Sorry. They didn't do anything with her. I mean, she metaphorically let her hair down. Then okay. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, go on. fuck. I hate this movie. I can't believe. <laughs> okay, look, dude. Okay, look. No, no, no. Okay, stop. I'm looking at the movie right now. Okay. I'm at I'm at 28 minutes in when Wonder Woman saves her from the creepy dude in the alley. Okay. And she has her hair tied up on top. Does she? On top. In barrettes. In barrettes, yes. She okay, has but to it, me, like, that's still... Tied up and tight looking. Eh, and then so you put a couple... It's still down. It's not tied up. back. It, it's 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 restrained. It's tied up. It's to tied me, up. To me, that's not And then, up. yes, bam. Next scene, com- no, no barrettes, nothing. Just completely... I don't like know. Rock, to me... Rock and 80s do to me two uh, barrettes don't make your hair tied back she has the same do my mom had in the 80s pretty much <laughs> well at least i got that right <laughs> <laughs> anyway um <laughs> but yeah um, no, she meets maxwell lord and she's all like maxwell lord is like is, is this his famous rich dude right and he's like immediately turns on the charm with barbara minerva makes her feel special she, she likes him yeah and he tricks her into going on a date because he knows that she has the rock. And somehow, Maxwell Lord, who is this kind of con man or kind of failed businessman, you know, he had a dream that didn't work out. And now he's just trying to, like, revive it or keep it alive. Um, 
but he's he's kind of lying to everybody now. Um, he somehow knows about this rocket, has been looking for it because he knows the power that it has somehow, but they don't really explain that. I'm and pretty sure. It's kind of funny how they basically introduce his son only his, to... His son is the weirdest part of this movie. Yeah. His son is the but weirdest fucking part of this very weird fucking movie. It's like they introduce the son only so they could have that scene at the end. His son was the weirdest, most phony character. And he like looked nothing like they looked nothing. He was like, like a little Asian kid. Yeah, he would have had to be an adopted son. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But but they don't tell you don't, anything well, about it. They don't show nothing you the mother. The mother. Nothing. nothing. Not a word. Yeah. Not a word. Just the son begging the father to pay attention to him, and the father being too busy for him. But like. In like the most cardboard, two-dimensional, simple, basic, dumbed down way. Like dumber than Elf, Kevin. Like dumber than Will Ferrell's character in Elf. Right. Like it, at least there's charm in that character. I, like this is just the I I fucking can't believe I've I've been so stoked about Patty Jenkins for so long. Like. I was so stoked for Rogue Squadron, Kev, and now... You know what, though? Don't let one bad movie... Kevin, this is so bad! No, you can't... You can't so bad! She's, okay, she made, she made Monster. She wrote and directed Monster, which but was there, a great are, film. there are other screenwriters there. First of all, A, Monster, based on a true story. Yeah. So she did not write the original so idea. So you're saying Rogue the, Squadron is going to be based on a true story? Rogue Squadron. <laughs> first of all, Rogue Squadron... <laughs> Is did did you know that it's actually confirmed that Rogue Squadron is set in the future of Star Wars, like after Rise of Skywalker? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> like uh, we need, we should chat about Star Wars later. Okay, I'm. <laughs> I I don't know what the fuck's going on with Star Wars right now. Honestly, okay. <laughs> Let's get through this movie. This All fucking right. piece of shit movie that I don't even want to talk about. Um. Uh, okay, so Maxwell Lord gets the fucking rock, and then, and then Maxwell Lord doesn't blow, doesn't do what everybody else does because he knows about the curse. It's like a monkey paw. You make a wish, you get your wish, but you lose something in the process. Like Wonder Woman starts to lose her powers, mm. supposedly, even though they never really show her not having much power. Like she slips off the rope, and like that's about it. Well, really, she gets, like, she gets cut. She bleeds. She has, now. she has trouble breaking a lock. Okay, but like, it's not like Spider-Man three or Spider-Man two, like where he fucking loses his powers, right? Mm. Like, it's it wasn't even. It was kind of really mild. Anyway, uh, she loses her powers. I don't know what Barbara Minerva. I think Barbara Minerva just turned into an asshole. I think that was what she lost. She stopped being a nice person. I don't mm. know. Um, but um, somehow Maxwell Lord knows that you don't just make a wish on the rock because you will lose something if you do that. So he makes a trick wish. It, it's the old uh, like genie in the bottle paradox. He wishes for more wishes, kind of. He wishes to be the rock. Yeah. So um, this is this is getting stupidly complicated. Like this is why this movie is exhausted because as, as stupid as it is, it's also fucking complicated. So you put a lot of work into this fucking piece of shit that's so stupid, Patty Jenkins. Somehow I don't understand, but um, 
okay, so now he is the rock. There's no more rock. It's him. So now anybody who makes a wish on him gets their wish granted, but then he gets to take something from them. The way the rock would take something from everybody. So that means every time somebody grants a wish on him, he kind of gets a wish granted to him at this, at the exact same time. And okay. So this is super clever, but like it goes so crazy and out of control so fast. (laughs) Anyway, what did I skip over? I skipped over a whole lot of Chris Pine trying on eighties outfits and and you know being funny and entertaining chris pine is probably one of the best parts of this movie he's 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 funny in it and uh he's a likable guy i don't know but um like the role is is stupid i'm sorry like it's unnecessary weird and uh, and and it makes wonder woman seem like a weak like spineless human being like seriously like i don't know but um Okay. Okay. Did I skip over anything important? Um, I trying, wow. I'm actually wow. trying to think. <laughs> um, I will say this though: the whole time when um, when Max Lord was was doing his wish thing, and then I, I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but at the end when he figures out that he can go on national television and and do this. <laughs> I was waiting for him to call himself the wish master <laughs> the whole right. time. I'm like, it seemed like the wish like, master movie. Is this, yeah. is this, is this the wish master? Wishmaster like, five. <laughs> like, I never even watched the wish master movie, but I'm just, I was waiting for him to call himself. Cause I was trying to think how, like in the comic book realm, cause I've never read a Wonder Woman comic. Is there such a guy who is called the Wishmaster? Or <laughs> no, there's a series of horror movies. No, I know. Oh, but I know I, the I know oh. the horror movies. I've never watched them. Oh. Is what I'm saying. But I'm saying in the comic, in the comic book in realm, the there's got there to should, be a Wishmaster. Well, in the comics. he's in one Wonder Woman 1984, apparently. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah no. Um. Yeah. Okay, I don't I'm, know. I'm uh, trying to think before of before we get to even before we even get to that part of the the movie though. Yeah. Did I, did I skip over anything important? Uh, there was uh, a part where um, where they finally utilize uh, Chris Pine being there, and they steal a plane, which she happens to turn invisible. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That scene. Oh my God! And oh my God. and they go through fireworks because apparently fireworks oh weren't around God, in the nineteen. 19- in the in the nineteen hundreds with the uh, Chinese, but um, he's never no, seen fireworks it's before. Because the jet was invisible, that's why the fireworks were so awesome. No, like, but like, he, he's like, I'm pretty sure he was like, "What are what's that?" And it's like, <laughs> you know what I felt like? I felt like so much of this movie was made, and I'm sorry to say it, but four girls, and I'm I, I'm sorry to say that because it's like somebody's like backward way outdated notion of what four girls would be like it's just like all these bright colorful whimsical fucking useless o- like overlong <laughs> pointless yeah. scenes like that yeah like okay first of all they go to the fucking smithsonian yeah. to get a jet because they have to go to egypt because they can't go on a commercial jet because Chris Pine doesn't have a passport, but that's weird because he's in a living guy's body, and that pro- that guy probably did have a passport. But um, 
so but that but that was their reason. So they need to they well, decide they, they got to steal finish. the jet so she could turn him invisible because sure, they need to include the invisible I'm trying jet. To, I'm trying to I'm trying to take the plot seriously. Yeah. Um uh According to the plot, they just they just decide they need to go to Egypt, so they need to steal a jet. And the 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 place to do that apparently is the Smithsonian. Uh, you steal like an ancient jet from a museum, oh, so and he's familiar and they, with it and knows how to fly just, it, right? No, because no, he was World War One, and this was like nineteen sixties jet technology, and 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 the jet is just sitting there on a runway fully fueled up and ready to fly for some reason and and the world war one pilot knows how to fly it and they just get in it and nobody stops them and and they just fly away in it and then sorry my voice keeps going up but (laughs) and then and then (laughs) then we get to egypt Wonder Woman starts running her hands together, rubbing her hands together, and, and Chris Pye's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And she's like, "Wax on, wax." On. No, she's like, "No, seriously, my dad, who like yeah. she's talking about uh, the god, uh, uh, who's her god, uh, Odin? No, yeah. Not not Odin. No, no, who's the other one? Not no. Odin. Uh, who's the other one? It's the not. Greek it's it's not important because none of this movie is important. Zeus, fucking Zeus." <laughs> He, he used to make shit invisible, so I figure I can make shit invisible. So I tried this once. I'm going to try it again. So she makes the jet invisible yeah. by rubbing her hands together. And everybody's upset because she never used this invisible power before. And that's like, fuck off. Who cares? <laughs> anyway, um, so we have an invisible jet. So another nod to the 70s show. Um and then they have this scene where they fly through fireworks in the invisible jet, and it's so romantic and wonderful. And it shows how happy Wonder Woman is that now that she has her Steve Trevor back. So now she's complete. Um, you're fucking feminist icon. Um, so they fly all the way to. First of all, there's a line in here where he goes, "Wait a minute, you have jets that can fly from here to Cairo?" No, that that's not true. Like a fighter jet can't fly from the continental U.S. to Egypt. They have to land on an aircraft carrier at some point to refuel and get, or or refuel in the air. from. A, they can't fly that far. It's a fighter jet. It's not made to fly intercontinental flights. And, and then that's what they do with it. And it's like nobody bothered to Google that when they were writing the script. Like you actually put it in the, this fucking script and you didn't, you didn't think, oh, wait a minute, what if that's wrong? Maybe I should look it up. Like fuck off with that. Like, with so much of this fucking movie, just fuck off. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, where was I? They they go to Egypt so because to that's Egypt. where the Lord is, and, and then then the the hundred minute stretch with that Wonder Woman finally ends because they magically bump into magic. <laughs> this is the, this is great too. They happen to drive by him while uh, they're just driving down the road in Egypt, and they just see Maxwell Lord. They don't find him. They just they just they just bump into him because there's like there's only like one road in Egypt or something. Apparently. I guess. Well, there was in 1984, apparently. So then we have this action scene where Wonder Woman becomes Wonder Woman finally and takes out 
Maxwell Lord's military convoy on the road in Egypt. Can I just add something real quick? Yes, please. That scene when uh, when they're driving and she hops out of the car and starts running looks so fucking bad. It's okay. It looks so fucking bad. Like she's. It, you know what it looks like? It, it looks, looks like Raiders of the Lost Ark because it's made the same way. It's made on film and it's made with practical effects. So they filmed it when the, the trucks were just driving at ten at ten miles an no, hour. But she looked like of, she was running on a fucking treadmill, and they just fucking yeah. Yeah. superimposed it into the movie. Like the way she was running looked so fucking stupid. It was like, cult. you know why? It was cartoonish. They don't have Zack Snyder's VFX people on this movie anymore. I don't know, man. It just looked really stupid. I don't want to say. I don't even want to say it looked bad. It just looked stupid it did. because the effect itself, like like the way they put her in there, looked fine. It was the actual what, what movements about, what that she what? was making that she was. She looked like she was doing a a brisk jog, yet she was able to run past, uh, fucking, uh, what's his name, Steve Trevor. Right. <laughs> And, and latch on to the fucking right. tank or whatever it was. And uh, and I and I think the uber feminist message there is that yes, Superman and the Flash can run at super speed, but Wonder Woman can run at super speed and still look hot while she's doing it. <laughs> I, I have I no think, problem with I her running at super speed. There. That's fine. Like whatever. But it just looks stupid. Like the effect looks stupid. absolutely stupid. And what comical. was even stupider was the moment right at the end of that scene where she's swinging on her rope and she scoops up two children off the road. Oh my God. And, and then, and then loses the rope and then falls and rolls with them. When it was she the, rolls with them. It looked like two dolls. So fake. And yeah. when she picked them up off the ground, the CGI characters like feet weren't even touching the ground. They were like, like not even positioned properly. It was like bad. Yeah. It was, it was, there was a lot of bad stuff in this bad, bad movie. Um, and so, um, I don't even remember how Maxwell Lord gets away from them <laughs> after this. Uh, somehow they, there was a crash and he got away. I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, um, or it was because I, of the kids, her saving the kids. That's, that's what set her back. Sure. I, I'm not and sure. And he got away. He gets away. Anyway, uh, and then he ends up back in the States, uh, in the capital. Um, and with Barbara Minerva, he teams up back up with Barbara Minerva and now she's all like sexy and powerful. But, um, now that he's the wish master, she can make another wish yeah. on him and she does. And it's to be even more powerful than Diana. Mm -hmm. It's to be an apex predator. Yeah. Which is why she makes her final transformation into Cheetah. Because her wish was to be an apex predator. Yep. Um, and I don't remember, wasn't there some twist on what she was giving up? Like, didn't Maxwell Lord say, I won't even take anything from you? You won't even give up anything for your wish or something like that? I don't remember what he said. Something, I can't, I don't know. I think anyway. I was half asleep by that point. Anyway, it was yeah. Like by this point in the movie, you're just so fucking like, what am I watching? Um, and uh, uh, so, so she, like, uh, Cheetah kind of becomes Maxwell Lord's kind of 
super-powered bodyguard, I guess, at this point. She, he goes to Washington, and then the, the, like the next... Even dumber than the Wishing Rock is this thing. With the, he finds out that the U.S. government, which he takes over by making weird wishes with them... Um, I can't even explain it. You'll If you watch it, you'll see. If you don't watch it, you're better off. Um, <laughs> so he takes over the U.S. government, kind of, and then he finds out they have this technology, secret U.S. government technology. It's particle beam technology, which is important, because you have to be touching Maxwell Lord to make a wish on him. Mm-hmm. So, But the particles in this particle beam actually touch everyone and everything and they come down from these satellites and what they do is they affect all technology so you can broadcast the tv signal to any screen on earth it doesn't matter what it is a computer a tv anything with a screen or a speaker you can broadcast to and you're actually physically touching it because it's quote-unquote particle beam technology that's the quantum of this movie i always say that they use the word quantum for technical magic in marvel movies if they want something technical to happen and they don't they can't explain it they say quantum Mm -hmm. uh in this movie it was particle beam um because there's particles in the beam so it's touching the people so they can make their wish because if you're broadcasting to them you're actually touching them because Somehow the particles, I guess, are touching you too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But Mac- but Maxwell Lord is a- able to use this technology to take over every screen on Earth mm-hmm. and tell everybody on Earth to make wishes, and they can because they're touching him now because of the particle beam technology. Right. And if you're not insulted by the fucking stupidity of this script yet, you must be half asleep. And you should be, honestly, because it's been too long. (laughs) So everybody in the world starts making wishes. And that makes Maxwell Lord super powerful because he gets to take something from everybody in the world. And he starts to say, I take all of your strength. I take all of your health. Because... Being the wishing stone is having an effect on him, too. Every time somebody makes a wish, it seems to hurt his health. Mm-hmm. But then he uses his wishbacks, his wishback scheme, to make himself strong and healthy again. But then somehow in the middle of all of this, his son gets in danger or something. And yeah, oh, by the way, his son got to make wishes. And every time he got to make a wish, he just wished for his dad to love him. Mm-hmm. And, his, and then his dad just didn't or to spend pay time with to him him and love him. Yeah. But then in the middle of all of this, somehow his son gets in danger and somehow he knows that his son got in danger. Mm-hmm. I don't understand any of it. I don't, I don't think understand. He, did he know or was it because of Diane's or sorry, Wonder Woman's speech? No, it was after that, and he said, "My son, my son," and and he made the wish so that he could his son could be saved from sure? I from like whatever it was, it was that, that he was in danger said, from. No, dude, that's what I'm saying. This it's so fucking confusing. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't blame you because I barely fucking understand it. But yeah. I've watched, I've gone through this ending bit bit a couple of times because I'm trying to figure out the order. Not for that reason. There's another thing that's very fucking confusing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what we skipped over. We skipped over a lot. At some point, well, Wonder the, Woman, the huge Steve Trevor, tell, between Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman. Yeah, but we, before that, Steve Trevor 
tells Wonder Woman, uh, the only way to fix this is for everyone on earth to renounce their wishes. Yes, yes, yes. Every and, single person Chris, on earth yeah, and Chris has to say, renounces I renounce wish. my wish. And no, or, no sorry, she now renounces her and wish. And he tells Diana, you have to renounce your wish. And she says, I can't, I can't do it. I can't give you up. I can't live without you, mm-hmm. which is your feminist icon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she does. Okay. She walks away from Chris Pine and she says, I renounce my wish. And then he's gone. And then she suddenly gets powered again. And then she immediately has a scene that we've skipped over. Kev. Mm. She learns how to fly. Right. She ropes the wind and lasso and launches herself into the air on her magic lasso. Her magic lasso becomes much like Spider-Man's webs in this movie. And that's fine. That didn't bother me at all. That's fine. I miss the sword and the shield badly, really badly. I really do. But the lasso was fun. It was cool. It was fine. She uses it to rope the wind and launch herself into the air and then fly. And she flies basically by jumping or launching herself and then catching the air and basically falling with style like Buzz Lightyear. Mm -hmm. Right? Do you think that's an accurate description? Is that how you took it? I don't know. It's, it's was, just like it's just like a super projected launch that she guides. Yeah, and by she was just wind. gliding, and it looked like she was actually flying in the vein of Superman. She never really hovered like Superman, or like steered mm, like Superman, well, or froze in the air. Uh, not she didn't. She didn't turn sharply. <laughs> but, but but Superman could just but, float there. Yeah, Superman but the way just, like but even with Superman, like um, I remember hearing this. Uh, I don't remember who said it, but even when Superman flies, it's basically him jumping and 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 flying for a little bit, and then he he lands. Yeah, then... but that's not true now in the films. In Man of Steel, he just levitates over everybody ten feet in the air and talks to them at the yeah, end of that film. I guess true. Um, so Superman's flight is is completely different visually than Wonder Woman's flight. Mm-hmm. I, I think anyway. Um, I, I had no problem with the flying scene. I was like, this is the first time her character has developed in this movie, Mm. this learn, this learning to fly scene is the like, and people who were freaking out on the internet saying she didn't fly any other time. That's bullshit. She flew in every other movie she was in. It just looked like she was doing a really long jump, which is exactly what it looked like she was doing here. She just used the lasso to launch herself farther than you ever saw her do when she jumped before but but she constantly flew into frame in every other movie she was in so like this idea that she never flew before is bullshit and i don't know what the internet is about there's so much to hate on about this movie the internet picks some weird fucking shit to hate on about this movie Mm -hmm. i I think that's a problem too but um let's get through it for christ's sake (laughs) Um, uh, so yeah, so she, Diana gives up her wish, then she tracks down Mashwell Lord after she learns to fly, and he's in his, like, he's in, he's in one of those energy cones, the same as Baby Yoda was in when he went to Tython, uh, to, to go to the Force Beacon. Mm -hmm. She can't get to him because he's protected by his, like, his light, his, his light beam that he's in. 
and everybody in the world's making wishes and shit's going crazy. And like, I think some like monsters or like evil soldiers were chasing his son. Something was threatening his son at the last minute. Anyway, um, but like nukes no, were getting the launched. Nukes were heading towards that's what nuclear was. war was starting. Right, yeah. everybody was gonna die. Um, because nuclear missiles were appearing out of nowhere, a giant wall appeared through the middle of Egypt, like all these things that showed you that Steve Trevor could have appeared out of thin air easily if they wanted to do it that way. If they wanted to make more sense, then I don't know. I, I don't know if it still makes sense. If anything makes sense, but mm-hmm. still better than what they did if they'd done that. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Yeah. Uh. It's really weird, Kev. First, they show you that she can't touch him or lasso him with her lasso because of the energy field. And then she makes the speech about, like, the wishes are all lies and lies don't matter and all that matters is truth and truth is beautiful and everybody has to accept that and just give up their wish. And then, you know, it's that moment where Maxwell Lord says, nice speech. But, you know, I think I'll keep my powers or whatever. And she says, I wasn't talking to you. And then there's this big reveal moment where her rope is tied around his ankle. And I'm going, wait a minute. You just showed me that she couldn't get her rope around him. And you never showed us how she got her rope around him. Like, how did... How did she get past the thing that she couldn't get past? I don't understand. I so apparently, I don't remember the rope around the ankle. So apparently, because the rope was around the ankle, everybody who Maxwell Lord was talking to in the world could hear Wonder Woman making her speech. Mm-hmm. And apparently, because of that. Everybody in the world rescinded their wish, okay? Which is, like, this is the stupidest fucking writing you can... Like, this is beyond... Like, I can't... There's no level of stupid that this does not reach, okay? There are 7 billion people in the world at this time, maybe 6 billion people in the world in 1984. Mm -hmm. All those people making wishes... And all of them rescinding their wishes, like all the people who wished for their loved ones to come back to life, or all the all the parents who wished for their children to not die of cancer, you're saying all of them just rescinded their wish after they heard Wonder Woman make a speech? Like and then there seemed to be a catch all, save all, right? Because the nuclear war was happening and then Maxwell Lord realized his son was in danger, and then Maxwell Lord suddenly has a change of heart on his own, and he says, I rescind my wish. Mm-hmm. So then people are saying, well, when Maxwell Lord rescinds his wish, then everybody who made a wish on him, their wish goes back too. But that's but that's not what happened if you watch the movie. Like, if you watch the movie, he rescinds his wish, and then he runs outside and finds his son somehow. I don't know how his son got to Washington, D.C. with him. They did not explain that. Um, but... Everything is still going fucking crazy when he goes outside. And then they show like other people saying, I rescind my wish. Then they show the president saying, I rescind my wish. And that makes the nuclear missiles disappear. But that happens after Maxwell Lord says, I rescind my wish. Right. So, so rescinding his wish only took his powers away. It didn't take all the other wishes away. So that means if you believe what Chris Pine said earlier in the movie, that means everybody on earth 
heard Wonder Woman's speech and was so moved by it that they rescinded their wish and they they gave up their millions of dollars or their revived loved ones or you know whatever they wished for they gave it up because Wonder Woman told them truth was more important and I'm sorry but okay so they showed the scene with the with the uh, dude and he's like why well, I why I, I wish you dropped dead and She's like, I wish you'd get herpes or whatever the fuck she said. I can't remember. I wish you'd and go back where you came from and then he gets deported. That's right. And he gets deported. <laughs> well, anyways. Um, and then they show the one uh, the one person. I don't remember if it was a guy or girl, but I feel it's a woman. Or she's like, I wish I wish for a million dollars. Now, I'm sorry, but if I wish for a million dollars and it fucking shows up, I ain't rescinding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care how fucking... Exactly good yet that one woman's speech is exactly. i didn't fucking hurt anybody i have a million dollars <laughs> i didn't hurt anybody all i did was wish for a million dollars i know, have you it know what you could do i'm you not resending it to, you know what you could do what i resent half you could, sh- you could show that you could show in the movie like you could write in the script if you were if you were thinking when you were writing you could write in the script Everybody who gets their wish suddenly gets sick and starts dying right. because yeah. Maxwell Lord said, I will take all of your health and all of your strength right. in return. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That did not fucking happen. Nope. At all. Yeah. If I started like fucking losing limbs and shit, then yeah, I'd be like, be okay, like, I resent. I resent. I resent. Sure. <laughs> that didn't happen. No. There was like it's just Wonder Woman's speech. Just Wonder Woman's speech was so fucking great and beautiful that everybody just said fuck it. Like I don't care. In all fairness, I said my wish. Maybe that scene. Maybe those scenes got got shot. But because this movie was already two and a half hours long, they're like, okay, maybe we don't have to include that. <laughs> because we had to leave but, in the but fucking <laughs> when when Snyder fucking recuts this into four hours, it'll be there. Don't worry. Snyder doesn't get to recut this man. This is all Patty Jenkins' fault, brother. It's all and that's Patty why, Jenkins. That's why Zack Snyder's going to fix it for her in the four-hour cut. So next year on HBO 2021 or 2022. I predict the director's cut of this movie is half an hour shorter. <laughs> The I don't know about that. <laughs> I think it's going to be the first director's cut to be less, <laughs> to give you less of the movie. And you know what? Maybe there'll be there won't be a director's cut. There will be a studio cut, right? Because she right. apparently had last say in, in the cut. Right. So this is the director's cut essentially. Right. So right. they will have a totally. studio totally. cut where it actually makes sense. Right. <laughs> like, that would be amazing if Warner Brothers pulled that. Right? Like, fuck you, we're we're doing our cut yeah. of your movie. That'd be great. <laughs> After the fact, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> let the studios do let the studios do that for the first release. Yeah. But to do it after the fact would be a total it'd be totally deserving in this case, if you ask me. But anyway. Um all right, I uh, think uh, I think we covered the the whole movie. Do you want? Uh, yeah, I mean, there was the there was the cheetah fight, which oh, was, was there like was, there was a, a huge, huge, huge thing in the in the mid credits that we that we didn't talk about. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, Linda Carter with the worst fucking cameo <laughs> of all time. The worst fucking cameo yeah. of all time. Yep. But we find out that Linda Carter is going to be coming back. 
playing this character, Asteria, who is like an older generation version of Wonder Woman, like mm-hmm. a, an, an ancient Amazon protector warrior. And um, Linda Carter has this awful, awful scene where you see her walking from the back and you see her save somebody. And you think, oh, maybe it's Diana because it kind of looks like her. And she turns around and, oh, no, it's Linda Carter. Mm. And she has the corniest fucking line. Like, so they thank her for saving her. And she thinks she says, don't worry, I've been doing this a long time. Um, And it's like, oh, man, it's worse than any like Stan Lee cameo. It's like. It's so dumb. Stanley cameos like, were great. We talk about. I know. I know. It's <laughs> like it's like not in. I, that's what I. That's what I mean to say. It's not. Even, it's not in that league. It's like yeah. in. It's like insulting to credits cameos. It's like. Well, it's funny because at the beginning of the movie, I was actually so looking at like so like they had like a um, like a a bunch of the elders. I'm, I'm, uh, I would say. Um, who were like watching this competition, and it's funny because I was looking at them, and I was like, "That'd be cool if Linda Carter was one of them," and as like a yeah. cameo. But yeah. of course, they didn't throw her in there, that and then all of a sudden, at the end, <laughs> they have that little. It would have been way better if they did it your way, right? Yeah, because <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like Linda Carter. Like if they're if they're gonna throw Linda Carter in this movie somewhere. That would be the place to put her, right? That's, yeah, that, that's what have I. Her, would, that's what I have thought. her in in retirement on yeah, Themyscira, as, as, just as one of the elders, right? So yes, those... like kicking back with her feet up, like yeah, I, I had my time in the world of man. I'm good yeah. now. Enjoy yourself. You know, come to me for advice sometimes if you feel like it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, and then of course they did that little shit show at the end. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you wanna do you wanna wrap up on Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four and give it a rating? Come on. This is the ending credits. <laughs> I would much rather I would much rather I would much rather sit that, through five episodes of that than it felt like Kevin, it was so it was so boring in that hundred minute stretch. I thought to myself, I feel like I'm watching a season of a TV show that is so bad and so boring, and and it felt like a like a, a reboot of that '70s TV show where like you just have like characters like in office buildings having conversations for most of it. Oh man! Um, oh, anyway, man. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my rating. Um, I hated it. I'm giving it a three out of ten, um, and is uh, the expectation that I had for it makes it even makes me even more vitriolic. I will admit, yeah. but e- even if I didn't have this huge expectation, if I was coming into this fresh, I would think that this is a garbage movie. It's a garbage movie, yeah. in my opinion. Right. And if, if you enjoyed it, I'm happy for you. If you paid thirty bucks for it, I feel I feel bad for you. <laughs> But I mean, some people have told me they paid for it and they and they enjoyed it still, mm. and so I'm happy for you if that's the case. But to me, like the biggest letdown in years, the biggest letdown since Rise of Skywalker, I yeah. guess. Um, but um, I think I would rather if I if you ask me which one I want to rewatch, I think I'm going to pick Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, shockingly, yep. shockingly. Um, anyway, Mind that's you, where I'm I didn't, at. I didn't hate Rise as much as you did. And oh, it's I funny because when we first watched it, we both we both walked out of that theater loving it. But it was it was the whole nostalgic of of watching Star Wars in the theater, and 
I get that. Uh, we were super excited. But anyways, um, okay. So as for myself, uh, I didn't. I didn't think this movie was complete shit. There were some a few things in it that I did like. Like I did like the mall scene. Uh, even uh, though I feel like they didn't carry out the whole eighties vibe throughout the entire movie, I would have liked to have seen that. I loved yeah. the opening scene. I thought it was a great scene. And I thought there was yeah. going to be a huge payoff at the end of like yeah. a moral story of her taking a shortcut or actually, yeah. you know what I mean? I th- that's exactly what I thought. As soon as that scene was finished, I'm like, okay, this is going to play out in the end. This is, this is, this is going to come to fruition. Nothing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. So, um a speech about truth, Kev, a speech about yeah, truth. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I'm like I'm like hovering between a 4.5 and a 5 right now. And I think That's what, what that's that's one of your lowest ratings. Yeah. And I think <laughs> leaning towards 4.5. Like I said, it wasn't complete garbage. I will n- probably never watch it again. <laughs> that's that would be true. There were some parts of it that I thought were okay, um, but yeah, I will. I will. I I would only recommend this movie to you if you are a huge diehard Wonder Woman fan and you need more Wonder Woman in your life. But I wouldn't. T- I would tell you to watch it and not have very high expectations. Can you believe there wasn't even any '80s music in it? There wasn't there even wasn't? any pop songs. There wasn't any pop songs in this sure? fucking. It is, no, it was just the fucking score, the whole fucking thing, and it wasn't even a good score. They got rid of they they, they kind of played the Hans Zimmer Wonder Woman theme, but they played a totally wimpy, no, okay. like ballsless version of it. No, according to the, uh, I'm actually looking at the music, the soundtrack credits. They're probably all in the closing credits, dude. Like the movie didn't have yeah, anything. Really? I swear. I, you know what? I I didn't even notice that. Uh I Duran Duran Real apparently it. was in it. Uh mm. Cars by Gary Newman apparently was in it. Okay. Maybe for like two seconds. Yeah. Well they did they did pass like record stores in the in the mall. Maybe it was when they mm. passed by the mall uh, or the store. Um yeah, now that it you're mentioning be- that, I didn't even catch that. I uh, I'll be honest. But like, that's, did that's the, a very did the, good did point. the music of this film hit you at all? Like, no. the first the first Wonder Woman movie that Hans Zimmer score fucking knocked me on my ass. I loved it, mm-hmm. and this like, oh my god, when they played the Wonder Woman theme and it it didn't sound like badass and big and tough. Mm-hmm. I was I was so let let down. I was so let down. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. So um, let's uh, go ahead and let's close the book on, on, this, on this piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck you, Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Goodbye. Ah, uh, shit. <laughs> God. <laughs> I hope Black Widow is bad. Like, I was... <laughs> I know... I, I'm, I've been rooting for Black Widow to fail, and I've been believing that Wonder Woman is going to be great. Yeah. And and I, I... If Black Widow is great now, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> Okay. I'm gonna admit it right now. Fair I have anti—I have anti-Black Widow bias. Yeah. But um, let's let, let's get on to something a little more heartwarming. Yes. Absolutely. Is Soul a heartwarming movie? Yes, it, it um, is. Yeah. I would, Soul I would. Soul is kind of a warm, cheery movie, even though it's kind of dark and terrifying in a lot of places. Uh, I wouldn't say it was. 
Is that accurate? Feeling? I don't know. Um, Come on, it's about it, the guy. The guy dies, and then yeah, the guy granted, but is going to go to oblivion. Like he's not going so, to heaven up that escalator. Like he's going to oblivion <laughs> up that escalator, right? So can I? I'll be honest. Like when I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I obviously Pixar movies. Usually, I walk out of them liking them. Now, yeah. I knew nothing about this movie other than that he was like kind of like a jazz musician, and yeah, I thought, yeah, I didn't know that there that he was going to die. Th- I, like when they, when it was called Soul, I thought it meant Soul as in yeah, that brother's got soul. <laughs> yes, I thought I thought this was a movie about jazz. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was a movie about a black family mm-hmm. and and their love of jazz. I don't know about and, a black and some family, family story necessarily, but That's, that was my about, impression from about this him. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, I was I was very surprised, and Me I was too. I was Me too. definitely um, yeah. No, I. You'll but anyways, we'll we'll we're we're gonna talk about it. Sure. Uh, Soul on Disney Plus. Um, it, it it came out on Christmas, same as Wonder Woman, um, and uh, it is starring uh, Jamie Fox as the main character. Um, and Tina Fey as the, uh, I guess the other main character, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the the voices and 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 the main character whose name I'm grabbing uh, for us right. I'm trying to grab. Yeah, here it is, Joe. It's just Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a uh, a middle school music teacher, and he is a jazz musician. Uh, and he doesn't want to be a teacher. He wants to be a professional musician, but he kind of feels like he's never like fulfilled his, his dreams. Um, and, uh, but when we introduced to him, he's in the classroom and he's having a moment where, you know, uh, you know, we have the funny, you know, uh, middle school band playing and they sound awful. Then we have the one kid who's really great on the saxophone, really inspired. And, uh, then we have Joe go over to the piano and play and you can see he's like really great and talking about how, you know, he first got inspired by jazz music and this, and this movie is a kind of a, a love poem to jazz music in many ways, kind of, kind of in the same vein as, um, what's that movie? Uh, one night in Hollywood. Uh, what's that? No, the Hollywood. Ah, what's that movie about jazz in Hollywood from a couple of years ago starring, uh, uh, <laughs> is it bad? That I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about right now. Uh, this is totally killing me. I'm going to have to look, I'm going to have to figure this out now. Um, okay. One step at a time. Who is the star of Blade Runner 2049? Not Ryan Phillip, not Ryan Philippe, uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, oh, yeah. Oh, La La Ryan... Land, are you trying to say? La La Land. Oh, okay, okay. sorry. Kind of like kind of like La La Land was a love poem to jazz. Um, I, I feel like this movie is kind of similar uh, in that way. It's a love, like if you love jazz, this is all about people who love jazz and the power of it, right? <laughs> and but we and we get a lot of live jazz performance. That's kind of the same way we do in La La Land. Right. Um, can I can I go on record and saying that uh, that movie was a huge disappointment to me, even though it like <laughs> won like so many Oscars that year. Um, yeah, I I actually oh, do. Terrible. terrible. I actually movie. do enjoy musicals, and I yeah. was actually uh, kind of excited because of the buzz that movie was getting. And when yeah. I watched it, I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. 
Um, I yeah, no, I thought La La Land was was awful yeah. and and maybe a little bit racist, like um, mm. very white for a movie about yes. jazz. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, 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 at least this movie doesn't make that mistake. I was right? so glad when uh, when when Moonlight fucking beat it. But anyways, that's another story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, uh, go on. Even so, though I was like, La La Land's going to win it. Oh my God, I know it's going to win it. I know it's going to win it. I want Moonlight to win it, but I know it's going to win it. And then when they announced La La Land first, and then they're and then they're like, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Right. That was a crazy year when yeah. they announced the wrong winner. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, go on. Um, so anyway, um, Joe uh, gets an uh, Joe. I guess is just a substitute teacher, and he gets mm-hmm. an offer to be a full time teacher. Yeah. Um, and then we get a scene with him with his family, and we, where we kind of get the impression that he's like a middle aged kind of loser, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, his mother, who r- runs this dress shop, is telling him he's got to take this job as a teacher, and he kind of doesn't want to, right? Because yeah. it's not really what he wants to do, like. even though we, even yeah. though he's like middle a middle aged dude. And when this is happening, he gets a call from a former student who's in a band who plays with a popular jazz musician yeah. uh, at a jazz Played by club. Questlove, first of all, uh, the drummer, right? Uh, and right. the the woman was Angela Bassett. Okay, Dorothea uh, Williams, uh, Angela. Yeah. Dorothea Williams is the name is the name of the character in the movie. Sorry, yeah. um, and she's the jazz singer. And so, uh, yeah, uh, he gets invited to come and fill in because they're short a piano player for their gig. And um, this is a big deal. This is, I, I guess, you know, the height of uh, the local jazz scene. So it's very exciting for him. It's kind of his dream come true to play with somebody like Dorothy Williams. Mm-hmm. He actually has a line. He has a line where he says, "I could die a happy man if I." got to play with Dorothea Williams. Yeah. Um, so he runs down to this audition and uh, we get this great scene with these great characters. And I want to say being a person and you are too, who has played in live bands uh, mm. for, for a long time, they really kind of amazingly capture the feel of, of being on stage with mm-hmm. a live band. Mm-hmm. And, the art, I want to say the art in this Pixar film is top-notch. Oh, it's really dude, it was so beautiful. well done. It's I thought beautiful, it, right? I thought it was very realistic. Like, yeah. Like, just watching, real, like, even the scene. Stylized yeah. with, at the same time as feeling real and visceral. Yeah. And apparently, I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name properly, but it's Justin Boa, I believe. He's a uh, famous artist. And oh it, yes, I know what you're talking yeah. about the line drawings, right? Yeah, he's he's uh, he draws a lot of like uh, he's really into like hip hop culture and and yeah. just like um, just I'll just say it, black culture in general. And um, yeah. he drew this like amazing portrait of like a DJ, which which um, which I absolutely love. And I remember seeing like a copy of it. And I should have bought it back then, but anyways, I never did. And um, a lot of people thought that he was actually influenced. Like he, he thought people thought that Justin uh, worked on this film because the art right. is so, so much, much like similar to his work. And uh, I saw him uh, post on Instagram, basically saying like, "People stop DMing me. Um, I'm flattered that they kind of like bit my style, but I had nothing to do with this movie." Right. Right. And I was sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's it. 
I was going to say something about, like, um, you know how when they cross over into, like, the afterlife stuff and they go mm-hmm. into, like, the characters are, like, line drawing characters? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that, doesn't that remind you of stuff we saw, like, as kids in, yes. like, children's, in rem- children's shows? You know like, what it remind me of? The Great Canoe, the, uh, the News Review. No, had, no, uh, had no. A, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. you know what I was thinking of? It reminded me of, like, things like. Uh, Simon, you know, my name is Simon. Oh, Simon, the line of chalk drawing. Yeah, like, it, it reminded no. me of that type of What I was thinking style. of was the the Great Space Coaster right, had okay. a, a, a cartoon segment in it. You're where right. Where it was just a, a line drawing yes, character. Yes, I didn't right? even think of that. You're absolutely right, 100%. And now, I, yes. I, think, I think I'm ignorant. I think there's an artist who's famous for this style that I'm just ignorant on. I don't know the name of it, but, mm. but, they, but they switch up art styles and they and they and they they mix art styles in yeah. this movie that they don't do this in Pixar movies very often. Mm-hmm. I I can't think of any other example of where I've seen them do this cool like like um, hybrid art yeah. style that, yeah. that it happens. Was definitely, it was clear that it was two separate dimensions. Right. Which you're, you're, yeah, no, right. it was great. And I think that combined with the fantastic jazz music in this film, yeah, yeah. it gives you it gives this film such a great, like, chill, like, comforting vibe mm-hmm. um, that it it constantly comes back to um, here now and then. But um, getting back to the plot of the film, uh, right after the audition, where he gets the job because we see him go into the zone and he kills it on the piano, and there's a beautiful scene where he's. Uh, jamming with the band he gets the job and then he leaves the audition and he's talking on his cell phone telling his friend that he got the job and he's really excited he's not paying attention to where he's going and yeah. Kev, i honestly didn't know this was going to happen Kev. i Neither was totally I. shocked i was totally surprised did I? yeah he, and, fall, he, he falls down a manhole and dies yeah and they were um, they were teasing it and they like like a piano falls or something and he just it just misses them and yeah uh, cars whip by and they just miss them and they were like teasing it, and I was like thinking they're not going to kill this guy. Are they? <laughs> I didn't. And then think, lo and I behold, so. yeah, no, no I thought I thought we were in for a like a whole musical journey and a moral lesson about following your dreams or not. Yeah. And we well, we kind of are, but I was not expecting to take this detour into the afterlife, which yeah. apparently is the whole point of this movie. And I'm dumb for not knowing that. But I'm call me um, dumb too because I like again, soul. I the, thought it was the moment hit me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so then I'm like, okay, this is what this movie is. Yeah. And now we switch from the character of Joe in the real world. Cause he died yeah. to the spirit More character of Joe looking in the, in the character, afterlife. Yeah. And it's, it's just a basic white shape, mm-hmm. um, of a character, like a, like a ghost like character almost. Yeah. Yeah. And he's wearing, he's wearing Joe's hat and glasses and he's on an escalator and it's taking him through empty space into a blinding white light. Mm-hmm. And there's no Christianity here. I want to make that clear. Um, it, I, I kind of want to say they leave it open to interpretation, but I kind of feel like they don't. I uh-huh. kind of feel like they've kind of made up their own version of the afterlife here. And, and I feel like this is where this movie kind of risk. It gets into risky territory because if you're super religious, it kind of will conflict with your beliefs in, in some places here. In a way it was kind of like, I I don't want to use the word purgatory, but in a way it was kind of like in between. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but still doesn't, doesn't subscribe to any traditional 
like version of whatever that is of the afterlife of being in an in-between you know here and there kind of state in the afterlife he's on an escalator he's going into a blinding light and the escalator is populated with everyone else on uh, who's just died right and everyone else is just happy to go into the blinding light and he's like wait no i've got to finish business and he starts running down the escalator and um at some point, he eventually, I think, falls off the side of the escalator and then just falls into... It's like being in a video game and when you like fall out of the map and you glitch it and you go into part of the map you're not supposed to be in. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of what happens yeah. to him Good analogy. in the afterworld. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he falls into a different part of the afterworld, which is actually the pre-world. Mm-hmm. He falls into the to this part of, you know... Uh, this other reality where souls exist before they are born, not Mm -hmm. after they die. And there are souls here who are dead like him, Mm -hmm. but they're here because they've been chosen as mentors for new souls. So there's, there's a whole like, like system that exists here in this world. And there's all these, these characters uh, who are all named Jerry and they're this, this cool line drawing art style that we mentioned earlier. And they all have amazing, uh, famous actors voicing them. And I love them all. Like I, Mm -hmm. these characters, they're all like, they all have a very like chill, like calm way of talking. Even when they get upset, they're like still kind of like, there's just something soothing and chill about everything in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, Moss from the AT crowd. Yes, in there. I was gonna say one yeah. of our favorite actors. Yeah. Uh, he played he played Zero in the Mandalorian. Yeah. He played the best character Moss from the IT crowd. Yeah. Um, plays the I main. Recently the rewatched main the character. entire series just last so week great. again. Yeah, so great. <laughs> so great. Love that show. I I am Richmond. I am Richmond. <laughs> um, I mm-hmm. wish somebody else in my workplace had watched the IT crowd so they would get it when I say I am Richmond because I feel I, like nobody gets it. I figured you you said you would have um, that you were um, uh, I'm drawing a blank, uh, blank on his name right now, but uh, the guy that says have you tried turning it off and on again? Yeah, no, I I wish I I wish I was that guy. Yeah. I wish I was the charismatic guy. But the truth is, I'm the guy who was locked in the room for years who nobody wanted to talk to. There you go. Um, I just watch the light for when it blinks and then I call somebody if it stops. Uh, that's my job. Um, it's so true. It's not even funny. Um, so anyway, uh, Joe, uh, finds himself uh, in a situation where he's pretending to be one of these mentors now, um, because nobody realizes that he fell off the escalator into the afterworld and fell into the pre-world. They just assume, well, if you're here, you must be a mentor. So, um, they give him a soul to mentor, and this soul is I forget her number is it number twenty two and it's uh, soul number twenty two voiced by Tina Fey yeah. and so it's this soul who has been around in this pre life world for I guess a long long for time ever. and she is the, doesn't want to live doesn't want to live doesn't want to be born so every mentor she's ever had has failed and she's had every famous person from history has been her uh, mentor i think abraham Abraham lincoln Lincoln, Lincoln, gandhi uh einstein like any anybody you can name from history who could have been a great mentor was one of her mentors and failed and now it's joe's job jamie fox's job to succeed in getting her to 
um, want to be born, mm-hmm. and and that's what he has to do in order to get back to Earth himself. And he's really just excited to get back to Earth so he can get to the gig yeah. and play with Dorothea Williams. And it, that's really his only motivation is he's got to play with Dorothea Williams. Yeah. And um, and Tina Fey is now his roadblock, and so they have some funny some funny time together. Um, where they go into different, you know, areas of the pre-life world and and they get to like um you know, try things out from the real world and try to figure out what 22 would want to live for. Yeah. And um they end up actually going back to earth and it's kind of complicated. I don't know. Should we, I don't <laughs> Well, basically they um so they fall towards uh, towards Earth, and of course, they're heading towards Joe's body, who is now in the hospital uh, right. on life support, essentially. And he has a cat on his lap, who is there to—I uh, don't remember what they referred her to him as, but it's like a comforting cat, like a so therapy not, cat. Yeah, yeah, it's not his cat; it's like uh, a, a cat that belongs cat. to yeah the hospital. And instead of landing in his body, of course, he lands in the cat, and twenty-two lands in his body. And then, of course, we're back on Earth now, but it's a fish-out-of-water situation because she's never been on Earth, and she's never walked. So she's learning, and she's discovering what it's like to be a human now. It's all very comical, and it's kind of complex, too. Now now the plot of the thing becomes, now Joe is back on Earth, but he's trapped in the cat's body. And And uh, his body. but he's but he still wants to get to the gig, the gig yes. and and he wants to at the same time wants to try to get back into his own body. So they have to find a certain person who might be able to help them switch their bodies back. But then he also has to like get a suit and show up for the gig on time and and not blow that and opportunity. Even more importantly, time. he has to get a haircut. And right. when they right. go into the barbershop, my mind went. <laughs> Because when they went into the barbershop, what did we hear? Tribe Call Quest. Beautiful. <laughs> One yeah. of my favorite hip-hop bands of all time yeah, playing man. in the background of the uh, yeah, barbershop, which I was like, yes! And yeah, it made so much sense because... Q-Tip is so influenced by jazz, which is what the theme of this movie is, and it was just yeah. perfect that they used Tribe in yeah. that barbershop. Tribe is barbershop music. Yes. Man. Yeah. <laughs> I had to bring that up. I had to. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's awesome. Yes. This music, this movie, like musically is, and yeah, and artistically is so great. It's a it's a labor of love. Clearly. Um, and uh okay so we uh, you know great comical scenes where 22 is in joe's body and joe's in the cat's body trying yeah. to tell 22 what to do and she's she never cooperates you know she's yeah. always throwing roadblocks in the way it's it's very funny very comical yeah. um and uh you know eventually they end up back in the pre-world well, an important thing um is yeah. she finally she loves it she loves being alive and when right. it comes to she, switching, she likes eating pizza, and yeah. she likes just the beauty of the world, and seeing everything like it's brand new, yeah. and and it's like Joe's seeing the world through new eyes again because he's watching her experience it for the first time, yeah. and it's a very inspirational movie in that way. Yeah, and then uh, but of course, uh, then she takes off 
because she doesn't want to go back. <laughs> she doesn't want to go right. back because she's loving it. She's loving Earth. Right. Um, she's, right. she's loving being alive. So, of course, now um, Joel has to find his his body uh, before the um, before it's too late, essentially, where um, where they won't be able to switch back and he'll be stuck as a cat forever. Right. <clears throat> so. So they end up anyway. I don't. I don't remember how they end up back in the proof uh, world. They, she eventually leave... comes back around. Um, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to remember. But what, yeah. But that's what happens to his word. body when they leave? Where did it? When they go? What? What? I don't remember what what his body's doing when they go back to the <laughs> to pre world because um, the first time he was in the hospital because he was he almost died, but yeah. then the and second then, yeah time, when they go back she uh, because uh, she, he he inspired 22 to be alive. They grant him um, to go back on earth to be alive again because right. they, they finally, uh, well, we forgot to mention that character who, uh, who's so super accurate and he counts like all the bodies going up to, to quote right. unquote, heaven. one of, one of, one of the uh, Jerry's is the accountant. Yeah. Uh, is soul. he, is it, was he named Jerry as well? I don't remember. Oh, uh, I don't know. I oh yeah. Yeah. Was. You're right. Counselor Jerry. I think that's him, but yeah, no. So he, um, He's following them. He's trying to find them on Earth. Eventually, he does find them and catches them and takes them back to this realm. Right. He brings right. them back. That's right. That's right. He brings right. them back to this realm. But, of course, one of the Jerry's um, basically were like, look, uh, you did something that no one on like could ever do. So we're actually going to like turn a blind we, eye. We decided to let you go back to yeah. your body, even though it's against the rules. Yeah. We were turning a blind eye to it. We're sending you back, essentially, to live the rest of your life. But what about the other Jerry? Don't worry about that. We'll handle that. And of course, but we skipped <laughs> over a bunch. We sk- we skipped yeah. over a bunch. Um, first, before all that happens, um, twenty two just realizes that she wants to live, and so the mentorship program gets completed, and she gets her pass to go yes. be born. Yes, yes. And and Joe says that's not fair. You don't deserve to go be born. You should give me that pass because it can let me go take my body back. Yeah. Because the only reason you want to be born is because you were living in my body. Yeah. And so the only reason you love being alive is because you had my memories and you and, and because I love being alive mm-hmm. and you don't and you don't have any purpose. And um, this makes her sad. This makes her she believes it when Joe tells her this. And she says, you know what, you're right. I don't I don't deserve to be born. And it's very sad. Mm-hmm. And Joe takes her takes her world pass because he's still all he cares about is this gig. He still hasn't yeah. learned really the valuable lesson of this film yet. Um, and he wants to play this gig so badly that he lets her give up her chance to be born in order that she that he can just go return to his body using her pass, kind of cheating the system. Yeah. So he does that, and he goes down to Earth, and he plays the gig, and the gig is fantastic, and it's everything he ever dreamed, and he fulfills his dream. And this is like, this is a powerful movie if you're like a musician, if you ever like, like, like I, like me, like I, you know, that was my dream for a long time mm-hmm. to be to be a successful musician. So I like, I totally get that how like nothing else can matter, and and how it's impo- like really hard to just get over that. Uh, but uh, but Joe gets over it by actually achieving it. Like what he says in the beginning of the movie, I could die happy if I got the chance to play with Dorothea Williams. He plays with her, and it goes exactly like he'd always hoped. But then he gets home after the gig, and he's sitting there alone. And 
through complete silent acting, like through no dialogue, just Joe alone and just great artwork, um, they show you that like he feels empty and sad yeah. after he fulfills his dream. Right. And then he starts reminiscing about 22. And then he starts remembering all of the moments that he had with her when she was experiencing life for the first time. And then he remembers that he told her that she didn't deserve to live because she had no purpose. And then he realizes the final lesson of this movie, um, which is that, uh, you know, life is not about achieving some goal. Life is just about living in the moment, yeah. uh, which is the very basic common Disney lesson, but, but is told through this, uh, this very uh, Disney, I mean, Pixar, but the same thing really. But um, it's like, it's told in this very original kind of cool story. Um, this cool film. Um, so then, uh, what, so then what happens is, uh, Joe decides that he's, that he's changed his mind and, mm-hmm. um, then he, he goes I, into that realm again. Oh, he goes into the zone. We find out yeah. halfway through the movie that in, in the, in the afterlife and pre-life and like other worlds, there's also this place, called the zone which is where living people's souls go when they're doing something that they really love and they kind of like lose conscious track of what's going on um which is what you know we commonly refer to as being in the zone the zone is represented as this this uh, this other world so joe because he knows this now uh knows that if he plays the piano with feeling that he can go into the zone so that's how he that's how he returns uh, he goes. He just plays the piano and remembers all these moments with Twenty Two, and he goes into the zone. And when he gets there, he sees some characters that he saw earlier in the movie, and they take him to find Twenty Two. And Twenty Two has become a lost soul, which is another thing we learned about earlier in the movie. It's a you know a soul who has no hope, and they become like a weird, different creature. And he's got to like uh, have like a kind of like a not like a battle, but he's got to like wrestle with this creature that she's become and overcome it and and reach her and tell her the message which is that like you do have a purpose you do matter you deserve to live and you do have value and um and he does and it's this you know it's this beautiful thing where you know then it's she's returned to her normal self and and he and she's scared to go down there and he's like i can't go down with you and and they both know that because uh that would be against the rules so there's this you know great um ending scene where uh joe says i'll go with you as far as i can so he holds her hand while they take the leap down to earth and they get about halfway and then the the magic forces start pulling joe back because he can't go down with her and she has to go by herself and it's this this great heartwarming goodbye scene where she goes to be born and that's the last we see of her we don't see her being born or any any of her life after after this scene mm-hmm. we until see joe the, go back to the sequel <laughs> right sure we, yeah. but we see we see joe go back to the pre-life world where he thinks his life is over he thinks he's gonna have to go up the escalator and then we get that scene that you already mentioned with jerry where jerry says you know what you achieve something that no one else could achieve and we're all so happy we're all so grateful we decided to bend the rules for you and we're going to let you go back to your to your body yeah um, so Joe gets, gets to go back to his life. And when he does, he's a completely changed man. Uh, he's not obsessed with his dream of, you know, playing jazz gigs anymore. He just wants to enjoy life and, uh, live it to the fullest. And, um, you know, a very basic, a very basic message, but a good one. And, um, a great movie all around, like, yes. like 
visually, musically, um, storytelling. Um, it's maybe a little more mature than most Pixar films, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe your littlest kids won't connect with it the way they do with um, some of their favorite uh, stuff. Especially uh, from if, Pixar. if they don't understand death. <laughs> sure. Probably yeah. Not, probably not it's a, a very great tough movie. subject. Yeah. It's a very tough, mature subject. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know what? I think your older kids definitely can get a lot from this. Mm-hmm. I think any adult can 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 really enjoy this movie. Yes. Um, you know, especially if you love music, especially if you love playing live music, because the jazz performance scenes are like the best part of this movie. I feel mm-hmm. like they're, and that's kind of surprising to me because yeah, you know, musical performances usually don't translate really well. Um, you know, directors don't really get it, but you know, these people who made this one really get it mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's a, it's, it's great. Um, you know, I don't know if I missed any important plot points, but, uh, I feel like like we should wrap up. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to rate, uh, soul on Disney plus, uh, really, really pretty highly. I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it an eight eight out of 10. Um, you know what? Um, usually I love a Pixar movie because it's a good time for me and my son, but this one, I just kind of appreciate as, uh, as a piece of work. And um, and I enjoyed it, and I recommend it. Um, definitely, if you have Disney Plus, check it out. Um, and if you're thinking about getting Disney Plus, it's a good reason uh, to get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I uh, especially after watching uh, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, this movie was like uh, a ray of sunshine for me. Like I, I really, I really, I really love, I really love this film. Um, yeah. It was just so well done. It was definitely. Uh, Pixar is heading like it's, as they make these these movies like they're just getting better and better and and I absolutely love the art style of this movie and like I was saying earlier uh, watching even like the scenes in 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 New York because the the movie essentially takes place in New York um, and the parts where they're like where they walk out and there's like crowds and I was just looking at the crowds and how realistic the crowds looked. Yeah. Um, it was just so well done and just, yeah, I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was a great story. It took me by surprise. I didn't know it was going to be a film about death. Uh, again, I thought it was a movie basically about jazz. Uh, yeah. I thought it was called soul because, you know, homeboy's got soul. <laughs> Not yeah. because he becomes a soul. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I would highly, highly recommend it. Uh, as Jer said, not for little kids. Um, I would, I would say if your little kid understands the concept of life and death, yes, let them watch it. But if they don't quite get that concept yet, then I would hold off until they were probably like in their like, Till they're like 10, 11, 12, that, uh, that golden age. But yeah, highly recommend it. Uh, I give it a, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go 8.5 out of 10. Word up. So yeah, good film. Well, <laughs> check out Soul on Disney Plus. Yeah. Skip Wonder Woman 1984. Unless you're that diehard fan that needs more Wonder Woman in your life. <laughs> I was. I was. So I look, I can't wait for Snyder Cut and we are so close to it now it's coming out in March and we are going to see Zack Snyder's uh, vision for Wonder Woman in Justice League finally and uh, I'm so excited for that because she was so amazing in Batman vs. Superman Mm -hmm. where he where he like created the character 
and uh, she was so essentially yes yeah and mm-hmm. and and in her own movie too where he had a lot of influence over that mm-hmm. um and yeah man i'm super I'm, I'm still super excited for that um you know before that i think we have wandavision coming out in february if no, i'm not mistaken january dude it's uh january 15th. Oh, okay so we're going to be talking about WandaVision every week, starting very, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, less than two so, weeks. So, yeah, so that's that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I, I think this. I think this Wonder Woman thing. By the way, uh, I mentioned the Kryptonian element earlier. I think where we're going with this, and uh, if Zack Snyder gets to finish out his original plan, I think his original plan was to say that. Um, the Amazons are actually descended from Kryptonians. Mm. I think the, the Easter egg in the Man of Steel film where he finds the ancient Kryptonian ship on Earth and the empty pod. So, like, we know that some ancient Kryptonians were on Earth thousands of years ago. I think we were eventually going to find out that those ancient Kryptonians became not only the Amazons, but the uh i'm sorry aquaman's people the uh atlanteans right and i think more importantly i think the gods of 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 the amazon's time were actually kryptonians ancient kryptonians and i i think it was all going to come together like that eventually and i hope Zack snyder gets a chance to tell his story further so we get to find out there you go can I give a, a quick rec- recommendation? Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, go. Um, so uh, over the uh, Christmas break there, I uh, I watched a movie on Amazon Prime called uh, Palm Springs starring uh, Andy Samberg. Um, it's kind of in the vein of like Groundhog Day uh, where the same day keeps repeating and repeating. But, uh, but of course, you got An- Andy Samberg who's just freaking hilarious. And it's a it's a it is actually a Lonely Island uh, production, so um, it's it's a little it can get a little zany here and there. But highly recommend it uh, if you're a fan of uh, Andy Samberg's comedy and essentially the Lonely Island. I, I highly recommend uh, checking it out. Like I said, it's on Amazon Prime, so uh, give it a watch if you if you have it. Okay, yeah. so while we're recommending, uh, I'm going to recommend Moonbase Eight, right. uh, which you can find That's on Showtime. Right? Is it uh, yeah, Cra- Craven Canada at Showtime in the U.S. Okay, um, and uh, it is a little comedy series starring Fred Armisen, Tim Heidecker, and the great John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a totally cool little show. Um, like if you're a fan of any of these guys, you're gonna love this show. Um, and it, it kind of reminds me of little little shows like uh, Last Man on Earth. Remember that? Yes, um, which was a really funny show. I never finished it, um, but yeah, funny. no, it's really yeah, it's really funny. Uh, Will, super funny, Will like Forte low budget, little. Uh, yeah, Will Forte yeah. started that one, um, but if, like low budget kind of show that's just full of funny people who just kind of get to be funny and play with a weird science fiction storyline. Yeah. But the storyline of Moonbase Eight is it's three guys who are on a Moonbase simulator on Earth, but they're training to eventually go and live on a moon base. Uh, and they get into all kinds of funny situations. And like, you know, if you know Fred Armisen, John C. Riley, um, and Tim Heidecker, uh, 
then then you know what I'm talking about. It's just it's just those guys being themselves. Mm-hmm. It it feels like it's a lot of ad libbing, uh, and just like it's just 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 a lot of those guys just riffing on like little funny points. It's oh, kind mm-hmm. of a slow. It's almost a slow paced show. But like if you know John C. Riley, Fred Armisen, like that's just them. Like it's their their comedy style, and it fit. It's so good. It's so funny. Um, yeah, if you so, have that type of cast, you gotta let them. Uh, yeah, kinda, like. Uh, yeah. Ab lib and uh, yeah, yeah, improvise. Totally. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Just too much, too much greatness to not. So, I, so I highly recommend Moonbase Eight. Right. Um, go check that out if you have the opportunity. But Kev, I think we've gone on quite a bit here on episode sixty-six, and I think all the Jedi are dead now. I think they're, <laughs> I think they're, I think their light has gone out of the galaxy. Do you think if, they watched Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four? Is that why? <laughs> If they did, then yeah, then they then they fucking died of they died of disappointment. <laughs> can I can I can I just say one last time? Just just fuck off, Wonder Woman eighty four. Just just fuck off. Just get out of my life. Just get out. <laughs> okay. Uh, do so, we? So do we have? Go ahead. Go ahead. So Janet, uh, when you were watching Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, uh, what were your thoughts? That's the end. <laughs> Yes, that's the end of the Wonder Woman franchise, in my opinion. It, it may be the end of big blockbuster films. Like, like nobody may ever want to put that much money into a film again. Like after they witnessed this fucking disaster. Do you think this is why they actually threw it on? Um, I know I'm probably opening up a whole new can of topic, no, but do you think this is say. actually why they put it on on HBO Max? You is, know what I is, found. It. Sorry, did they watch it and they're like, okay, people are going to be pissed off if they pay 12, 15 bucks to see this in the theater. No, because people <laughs> paid 30 bucks to fucking rent it at home. No, but it's... if, okay, let's just say, let's just give a hypothetical here. You're a family of four and you're taking your kids to go see Wonder Woman 1984 because that's the new, because uh, they love oh, uh, the oh. original one. You're paying yeah. 60 bucks just to walk yeah. into that theater, not including popcorn and all that stuff. So I feel like thirty bucks is not that bad to to watch the same movie sitting on your couch with that exact same family. So do you think know. that's the logic that they took when it came to hey, we should just fucking throw this into streaming before theaters reopen, just because we don't think people are going to be satisfied when they walk out of that theater? Do you think that's, that's not a- that's not exactly what I think, but I, no. but I, I do think something on the same kind of maybe line of thinking. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if you noticed, if you caught Ben Hart's comments on Facebook where I, when I, when I talked on Facebook about how I didn't recommend anybody paid money for this, okay. uh, Ben said it was totally worth what I paid for it, which was, I got a free month of HBO. I got it. Right. I signed, I signed up, for, I got it for free for when I signed up for a free a trial of yeah. HBO okay. max. So they were given the movie away. If yeah. you would sign up for HBO max right. in the States. So really they were just trying to get free subscriptions. They were trying to get people to be motivated to subscribe to HBO max mm. by 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 not making them pay the thirty bucks, which was a, I didn't know that. Um, so I heard that they that, were going to cut think, that off. I think in I think that December was the grift. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, sure, maybe, but um, because but, of that release, but but anyways. but Ben said that he didn't pay the thirty bucks. He, he just probably signed he probably signed up on November twenty fifth. <laughs> 
<laughs> got the yeah. free, or sorry, November 26th, I should say. Got the free month, and it probably ended on like Boxing Day. And then he was just like, fuck you, HBO, and canceled it. <laughs> I don't know. No. I don't know, but I really don't recommend anybody spend money on Wonder Woman 84, that's for sure. Yeah. And, and Janet, uh, yes, that's the end of episode 66 of Tooled for this podcast. So if you ever uh, meet Patty Jenkins, uh, are you going to say to her, Bitch, are you for real? <laughs> no. I, no. Like, it's... I, I don't hate her. I'm not mad at her. I'm... Yeah. I'm disappointed, disappointed that I. Her. That's even worse I than believed, being mad. I believed in her so much, yeah. I, and I don't. I'm not sure why now. Like when I look back, I'm like, why was I so sure that Patty Jenkins was the greatest director <laughs> right now? Like why? I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, fuck man, I. She's not writing Rogue Squadron. That's no, all I want to say. Not. Like. We don't know She's who's writing Rogue director. Squadron. She is a good director. It didn't show. It didn't show very well in this. But uh, I don't know. with some of the I choices. Don't um, I don't want. I don't even want to say she's a good director. I, anymore. I will I say the movie wanna... looked good, right? So I'm yeah, sure she had uh, something to do with that. So she sometimes is, it looked bad. Sometimes in those action scenes we made fun of. I'm, I'm not even talking about the special effects. I just mean the overall visuals of the movie, like the the shots, the way they're framed. They look fine to me. They were, the, you know, what I mean, so it looked good. Like the yeah. shots in the mall and all that stuff, I thought. Yeah, like, some glamour stuff looked good. Yeah, yeah. so you know some I mean? stuff looks she, good. Sure, uh, she's not a terrible director. I, no, I'm, not I'm, at all. You know, even she a even a be... good director has bad movies. Yeah, but exactly. Um, okay, she's the not Irishman? writing. Okay. She's not writing. <laughs> is is important? She's not yeah. writing. Rogue. We don't know who's writing Rogue Squadron yet, and that's a mystery. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my old buddy Steve Dunk, and he mm-hmm. said. A rumor that he's hearing, and I don't believe this for a second, but um, that the tool for like, this podcast guys are writing it. No, that <laughs> the script for Patty Jenkins' movie was written by Ryan Johnson. Oh no, that that's the answer to what happened to Ryan Johnson's project. That it somehow became this script, and that. He's not going to direct it at Pat. I don't believe that, for a second that, that that's could true. be. I that could be real. I don't, it could be. I don't believe. For a I don't know, man. That, now that you're saying my, it, <laughs> my belief is that it's got to be a female writer. Yeah, honestly, um, and and I don't know who it is yet. But it's not Patty Jenkins. They would have told us it was Patty Jenkins, and it's not. Yeah. It, but uh, we'll see who's writing it. But it, the, I'm just glad it's not Patty Jenkins. That's all I'm saying because yeah. I feel like the writing was the was the place where the production of Wonder Woman 1984 should have been stopped dead before anything was filmed because the script was bad. It was, it's, it's bad after bad, after bad, after bad. And you can say to me, you're not supposed to take it seriously. It's a comic book movie, but God damn it. Like at some point it, it crosses the line of, not too serious to just insultingly stupid and just like, why are we wasting our time even watching it? Yeah. And that, that, and that's where this, went. anyway, <laughs> that's all, all for right. episode 66. <laughs> Sorry to open up podcast. another can of worms, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, coming up on episode 67, better things. I, I hope. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> better. Better. Thing. Hey, we had soul. Uh, soul. Soul is good. Yeah, soul is good. Go. Soul is good. So we go can't, watch we can't soul. complain too much. Yes. What is going on with Star Wars? Can we even? No, we're not even going to go there. No. Okay. That's that's a that's a whole new show. 
they're going in the future. They're going in the past. Like there's the past thing. And then there's all the stuff that's happening in the middle with the Mandalorian timeline. But then there's the Obi-Wan timeline. And then there's the Andor. Why are there so many timelines at the same time? Like how is the audience going to keep track? Yeah. Anyway. It's all good. That's all for episode 66 of Too Old for This Podcast. Um Please uh, like and subscribe and comment. Please comment. Nobody fucking comments. Comment. Yeah. Tell us what you think. I want to hear. Yeah. I don't care. I agree. Disagree. Agree. Just say something. Yeah. Um, we know you're listening. Um, Maybe you so like Wonder Woman 1984 and want to give it a 10 out of 10. Let us know. Speak up. Tell us if we're wrong. Yeah. Tell us if we're right. We love that even better. But yeah. uh, tell us something. Yes. Um, and Something's um, better than nothing. Fucking stay safe. Yep. Please. Um, and let's make 2021, uh, a better year than 2020. Let's figure it away and just fucking do it, please. People. Hell yeah. And most importantly, let's just chill till the next episode. Mm-hmm.